0: Welcome to The Shift Show with Adriana Bucci. Join me every week to learn all about narcissistic abuse recovery, healing from physical and emotional pain after the abuse, and everything else to do with toxic people and how they affect your physical, emotional, and mental health. And no, you are not the crazy one. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Let's get right to it. Hello and welcome to episode number 28 of The Shift Show. This episode is an interview that I had with Eddie Lindenstein. He is the host of the Mind and Fitness podcast. If you have any kind of chronic pain, mystery symptoms, you know, TMS, tension myositis syndrome, chronic pain, the mind-body syndrome, tension myoneural syndrome, whatever you feel like calling it, you should absolutely subscribe to his podcast. It is amazing. He has like 140 episodes since it's aired, um, probably more by now that the uh This podcast episode is up and um, it's, you know, it's a lot of his story and stories of other people as well who have been through the healing journey from their physical chronic pain or their physical mystery symptoms and strange, you know, manifestations. So he was inspired to start his podcast after his own healing journey, um, It started. The pain started in two thousand sixteen for him. He had shoulder surgery, and then he ended up with sciatica, thoracic outlet syndrome, numbness, tingling, neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, knee tendonitis, bicep tendonitis, and then he ended up finding Doctor Sarno. He found his book on Amazon after he was searching for um, like comfort aids, like something for to help him with his pain, and he came across. His book, Healing Back Pain. He did not have a book cure, but he did the work and is out of pain. So I will stop rambling. Here's our interview. I hope this helps anybody who is struggling with achieving pain relief and doing the inner work because his story is awesome. Here we go. Hi, Eddie. Thanks so much for coming on my podcast this week.
1: Hey, uh, thanks for having me.
0: Of course. So why don't we start off with uh, just you introducing yourself and giving the listeners an idea of like who you are, what you do.
1: Yeah. So um, I am Eddie Lindenstein and I do a uh, podcast on chronic pain and on TMS and I am over in the Seattle area. So from the United States in the upper left-hand corner, Uh, If you're not sure where where it is that we are um, in the Pacific Northwest and uh, avid weightlifter and, um, exerciser and uh, motorcycle rider, um, wannabe skateboarder, that kind of stuff, yeah, so that's Awesome,
0: awesome, cool, and uh, tell us about, like, you know, how, when did you start getting chronic pain to begin with?
1: Um, You know, difficult to say, Uh, I sort of always set the benchmark as the, when did it get to a point where I couldn't ignore it anymore, Mm -hmm. And uh, that was probably like late um, 2016, like actually right around this time in 2016. Oh, wow. uh, The the TMSer in me would have remembered exactly what the date was, but thankfully I don't. <laughs> so, so, um, so true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it was interesting. I so I had a shoulder rebuild in the spring of 2016. Was that like uh, a surgery? Yeah, I had sustained a, a, a injury in weightlifting um, where I just looked at my shoulder Gosh. and tore my labrum and tore my rotator cuff and I broke the top part of my arm and oh. I ended up having surgery. And um, the prediction for when I would be able to make a return to my sport was uh, they said somewhere probably in the 10 to 12 months um, range before we'd be able to clear you based on the, the damage that's in there. Wow. So I rehabbed like a, like a, you know, a terminator and I got the medical clearance in four months and 29 days. Amazing. Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing. The challenge though was that uh, so I'd go in, especially in the final couple of months and I would have these checkup appointments where they would check my range of motion and how far can I get before I have pain with certain things that I wanted to do. And, um, I, I mean, my, my range was great, but as the last couple of weeks were, uh, coming along, I started getting different symptoms in different parts of my body. So, uh, I started having a lot of knee problems, things that like, you know, i and it's weird because I would get tendonitis pretty severely that I'd have mm-hmm. to go on uh, prescription meds, um, I don't know, two, three times a year, probably. Wow. And I just kind of always felt that it was because of the sport I was training for. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that time, obviously, because I was still in shoulder recovery, I wasn't competing in the sport that, that I had right. done. So I suddenly had this mystery knee issue that I I didn't really know what the scoop was. And I went and saw my normal doctor and he gave me some some uh, prescription um, anti-inflammatories and a couple weeks went by and that was and then it was fine. Um, and then that cleared up, and then I started getting sciatica, and I never had, like, a a nerve injury into my legs before, Mm -hmm. so that one was pretty scary, and I remember uh, we have season tickets for the Husky, University of Washington Huskies football team, Mm -hmm. and it had developed a couple days before we were to go to a game, and when you go to a game, you park, I don't know, mile, mile and a half away, and that Uh walk was, like, the long, felt like the longest walk ever, because my right leg was just, you know, it was pins and needles, and it was dragging, and it was all this kind of stuff, and um, so that one really, really freaked me out, uh, so I just started YouTubing videos on remedies I could do, and there were some mm-hmm. really good stretches, and I did those stretches, and it went away uh, in a couple days, which mm-hmm. was cool, um, but then I started getting really intense uh, back and neck spasms, and then wow. I, got the I got the clearance for uh, to resume all activity, and the do- I told the doctor about all my recent stuff, and he um, said, it could be a referred pain, we don't really know what it is, and you know, you'll, you'll probably be fine, and you know, kind of left it at that, but uh, that was sort of the beginning of um, when it got super bad was, was then. was when the wow. back and the back spasm started.
0: Wow. So it was just like a random injury that had nothing to do with your initial injury. And, and, it, it,
1: I, and it wasn't even an injury because it was just something exactly. that was like literally like, a, I mean, I was doing a workout uh, and it began a few hours after the workout. But, you mm-hmm. know, I, I would work out five times a, day, a week. So like, yeah. if, you know, most most days of the week, I was doing a workout like there was it was was right. day. And uh, no real explanation. The thing that I was doing was something I had done a ton of times. It wasn't anything that was new. Mm-hmm. Um, but I attributed to that for a long time, and mm-hmm. just sort of felt like I—I I don't know what I did, but I, for some reason, my I'm, my body's completely just locked in. It just felt yeah. like a like a boa constrictor was around my torso, oh. and I and I couldn't get it to release. So wow.
0: And how long did that last for?
1: Uh, I mean, that went on until I found um, Sarno's book, which was. Ten months later,
0: awesome. So, so, how did you stumble upon Sarno's book? <laughs> uh,
1: well, so there were there's a big ten months in there because mm-hmm. it involved going to see a couple dozen medical professionals. Oh, and, I mean, doctors and osteopaths and chiropractors Uh-oh. and massage therapists and brawlers and
2: I can um, relate. I, yeah, I,
1: I mean, I guess that I was like fifteen or twenty thousand dollars in um, out of pocket. So oh, I had wow. and I had insurance, and uh, you know, I traveled across multiple states to have like a neck, a procedure done on my neck, which was wow. to fix everything. And I remember the night that I had it done, I was like, that was it. I, I feel really good. And then I woke mm-hmm. up the next day for the 13 hour drive home. And I was worse than I was when I got there, which oh, is God. like so soul crushing. Cause yeah. you know, you, you've now got this $5,000 procedure you have to pay for. And, right,
0: it and it didn't work.
1: It didn't work. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, a variety of things. And I went back to the surgeon who did my shoulder and he came in and he kind of uh, I mean he gave me 15 seconds and he said this is coming from your neck and he said I'll send some you know I'll give you some referrals and that was it and like that was sort of where it got really scary was mm-hmm. uh, I, and the I'm, if you don't know I'm a total pro wrestling nerd and mm-hmm. uh, I love it and uh, it's very sure. big in Toronto by the way oh.
0: <laughs> not really in that scene <laughs> but I believe um, it <laughs> yeah. um,
1: so uh, and one of the injury and I parts of me wonders did this slip into my subconscious somewhere along the way mm-hmm. but uh because you know you observe something where people have their uh necks injured and then that sort of becomes with you as an athlete like this is the thing that can't happen if that thing right. happens then everything's gonna really go you know you're not gonna be able to ride your motorcycle anymore you're not gonna be able to do this anymore mm-hmm. and then that thing happens so uh the doctor told me that in february um of 2017 and i just sort of lived with that until uh, it was the end of May, it was, um, yeah, it was the end of May, I don't know, May 25th-ish, like it was mm-hmm. right around uh, Memorial Day, and I, um, there was a the doctor for the University of Washington Huskies, she's very well known here, and I was reading a story in the news um, about our zoo, like our Woodland Park Zoo here, uh, it was kind of a wild story, these, this new chimp got introduced to the other chimps, and these chimps got in a fight, and this one chimp sustained a really serious knee injury, oh. I, like, I don't even know knee injuries even happened Chimps. yeah I, um, so I why I, wouldn't you know,
0: they happen right yeah. when you when so, you really think about it
1: but 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 the headline had read uh husky uh husky doctor uh, goes non-surgical route with uh with chimps huh. or you know with chimpanzee or whatever so i go and i read the article and um it was this doctor by the name of kimberly Harmon, who's the she's the head um doctor for the huskies football team okay which uh It's not rare to have a female doctor, obviously. I feel like, at least in my observation, it is very rare to have an all men's sport, a major division Mm -hmm. one sport, in which their head physician is a female. So I thought that was pretty cool, Mm -hmm. for starters. Um, So that uh, might be pretty unique because I haven't seen a female doctor yet. And so, um, but I had called because her pedigree, if you go to her website, um, you go to her pedigree, it's it's very impressive, um, just in terms of how many athletes she's helped. Mm And uh, I had made an appointment, they said that she was booked two or three months out. And so mm-hmm. I just put myself on, you know, I got myself in and then I got a call a day or two later and said we said two cancellations could be making in today.
2: Amazing. And
1: absolutely. So I, so I, I drove down there and um, I saw her and she walks in the room and I'm only five foot six, by the way, I know you're very, I know you're small as well. So yeah. we we have five one like short
0: people way. unite. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: but she walks in the room and she, I don't know, maybe five ten, five eleven. So, okay. like, which is which is a pretty tall, yeah. you know, comes in with the lab code and all this stuff and um, asked me to describe my symptoms. First of all, they had me bring in all my imaging and I had MRI. I, let's see here, I had MRI, I had an x ray, I had EMG studies, I had ultrasound studies. Um, so, I had a lot of stuff that I brought with me. Mm-hmm. And she's evaluating all the stuff, you know, kind of takes off, goes in the other room takes radiology she's looking at all these things and comes back and does these uh different strength tests and she does um i don't know if you've seen like the movie all the rage but there's clips mm-hmm. of sarno that's doing reflex tests and so yep. she's doing a lot of that kind of stuff um and of course i had no idea who, who sarno was at uh, this point mm-hmm. in time and um so i you know i just figured it was just another examination checks my shoulder strength and what's my range of motion like and all this kind of stuff and uh she had said, "You know, there's a lot of tone in these in this musculature," and I didn't know what she had meant by that because mm-hmm. I had, I felt like I had some atrophy going on. Right. Um, and so, uh, she just asked me really, really bluntly, um, "Tell me what your stress, what your stress levels are like. Tell me what your mm-hmm. life is like." And we got into this whole conversation, and I didn't really understand why she had been asked, you know, mm-hmm. why she was asking those questions doctors Um, rarely ask that (laughs) right in fact in my experience never had asked
0: exactly and
1: so um you know I'm telling her about it and and uh I didn't see myself as a stressed stressed out person and I I still really don't for Mm -hmm. the most part um but I had explained all the different stuff which at the time I mean when this was going on we had so we had just found out that we were gonna have our second baby Mm -hmm. and uh you know at the time we had a Three-year-old, almost a three-year-old, mm-hmm. so they've got opinions of their own. And our dog mm-hmm. was very was in very poor health um, at oh. the time. And I had a sales job, and I had just come off a really kind of amazing run of so many consecutive years of being such a high performer in my company. Mm-hmm. And I had slumped during my shoulder surgery because mm. was dedicating all this time to rehab and way less time to right. to work and all that kind of stuff. And I had taken two weeks off to recover from it. And in sales, it's kind of like, gosh, it, as much as everybody needs a vacation, if you take one, you're going to pay the consequences to right. get back from that vacation for not, mm-hmm. not being there when, when you need to. Um, so she had said, you know, that's a lot that's there. Uh, mm-hmm. And she had said, you know, I can prescribe like some muscle relaxers or something like that uh, in terms of like being able to get better sleep. She said, but I, I think that sleep is a really pivotal thing. You know, at the time I was going to bed around 11 and I was getting up around 4, 430, which I thought was adequate, mm-hmm. um, but five or five and a half hours is not. And I'll talk about that later on. In the interview. Okay. Uh, but um, she had handed me this prescription pad or this prescription note, and it wasn't to go and get the typical anti-inflammatory or mm-hmm. uh, opioid or whatever I had been, you know, deoxy or whatever I had been prescribed mm-hmm. in the past. Um, but instead, it was the number for the sports psychologist that the team uses. And then there was also uh, one for a chiropractor. And I said, I, I've seen so many of these chiropractors. Mm-hmm. And they kind of all, he made the same spiel, you know, come in uh, two, three times a week until the end of time. And I just wasn't, mm-hmm. uh, I had zero desire to go and do that whole thing again. And yeah. She said, you know, I, I wouldn't uh, recommend this guy if he was just kind of the typical, click you on the maintenance plan sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Go in see him one time. Um, but, you know, call the a sports psychologist, and that's the route that I think you should go. And I kind of left that meeting, you know, not really overly sure. I even saw a couple of other chiropractors and stuff in that in that amount of time, physical therapists mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but then I was just on Amazon three or four weeks later, and I was searching for, uh, like, mobility tools. Right. And a recommended purchase was Healing Back Pain, and I read the reviews for it, which really kind of blew my mind. And mm-hmm. I bought the book on Kindle, and so I read it over the next two days, and it was really um, – I, did, I certainly did not have a book here, no, nowhere close to that, mm-hmm. but um, it was something that really sort of like shook the branches of the tree and really questioned a lot of the stuff that I believed. Yeah. Um, and so being an athlete, one of the big challenges that you'll have is that you're so in tune with your body, which seems like a really good thing, but mm-hmm. is a really detrimental thing in a lot of ways because right. you, you believe that these mechanical issues, you believe that these certain weaknesses and certain little tiny muscles that nobody ever Nobody would ever even think about, you know, your TFL and all this kind of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's the root of all of these massive problems that you're having across the right. the body. You never think about like a systemic problem, right? Which really is what, uh, and I don't hear it talked about enough. But that's really what TMS is is a it's a radical systemic problem that riddles mm-hmm. the entire body of a variety of issues. Um, so it definitely took several months, uh, but that's sort of where. That's where I had found Sarno was on a it was on an Amazon suggestion. Amazing. And the thing that got my wheels turning was the doctor who had said, which just asked me that simple question, you know, tell me what your stress level is like. Right. Yeah.
0: Cool. That's that's so awesome. You actually stumbled upon Sarno's book by looking for mobility aids on yeah. Amazon. <laughs> I-
1: ironic, you know. That
0: is so <laughs> ironic. Because I remember like the amount of times I searched for, you know mobility aids, or, like, comfort products, or, like, you know, the Theracane, all that kind of fun stuff, I never yep. came across any, anything from Sardo, but I probably would have ignored it anyways, yep. yep. so that's, that's so cool that, like, it actually caught your eye, and you found the book that way, so that's, yep. that's amazing.
1: Yeah, um, so yeah, that was, uh, that was how I found it, and ironically, you, you list the mobility items in the Theracane, so the Theracane <laughs> is the only thing that I actually still have, I never use it, but it's, yeah, uh, all the other mobility stuff that I bought just takes up a lot of space. And the Theracane, yeah. I could just, I don't know if you can, I'm pointing at it right, no, it's right about there. I have a squat rack behind me and the Theracane is easy to hang. Yeah, uh, it's easy to hang and it's not taking up any space. Exactly. Um, but I literally just a couple weeks ago, I cleaned out the garage and I threw away. I would, est- I was, but I'm dumping the whole, the bin in the garbage and I'm just counting like that was $375. That yep. was $250. And it was, you know, it was probably $1,200 in mobility stuff that I just tossed And yeah. My wife was like, yeah, you can give it away or resell it. And I'm like, no, like this, it's a, it's a, it's, um, it's kind of therapeutic almost to just sort of toss yeah. that stuff to the wayside and just say, that's it.
0: Totally. It's so funny that you mentioned that. Cause I was thinking when I, I, you know, packed all of my mobility aids, comfort aids, whatever you want to call them up in a bag. And I was like, should I donate these? <laughs> but then I was thinking, you know, like, I don't believe in this.
2: <laughs> yep. So why would you? Right. So right. why
0: would I, right? Like, this is actually all garbage. So it's yep. it's just, it's funny, but they're still in a bag. I'm still trying to figure out what to do with it. Because yep. <laughs> it's such a shame, like all the money that we spend on this kind of crap, but then it's to crazy. pass that on to somebody knowing that it's all garbage and it doesn't actually yep. work. It's like, eh. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So once you found the book... Um, how did how long did it take you to like figure out what to do? Like, what did you end up doing to deal with your pain in a TMS kind of way instead of the conventional?
1: Um, it was pretty quick. the 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 issue with healing back pain, the book, is that there's not there's not any directives in it. It just right. sort of says, "Here's this thing. Um, here's what we know that it causes. Uh, here's the different issues you may have." Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not so like what? a yeah, there's not like a how to or a, or you know, what to do after that. Mm-hmm. So um, I actually did, it's, it actually ironically ended up being very similar to, uh, well, not very similar, but somewhat similar to something that uh, Sarno talks about in the mind body prescription, which is to make the the very distinctive lists of, uh, you know, personality, I think it's like personality traits, mm-hmm. um, daily stressors and childhood oh, stuff. And yeah. then, But what yeah. I did in the beginning was almost uh, treating it like an investigation. I would have uh, run a list of every symptom or issue that I've had diagnostically going back as far as I could remember. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, on the right side of the page, I would just write, uh, what was going on in life at the time. I was mm-hmm. trying to build a case. Yep. I was trying to rule out, um, that, that stress incidents or incidents in life could be the, you know, that could be the catalyst for mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. And I mean, like a 101 for one correlation, there was always something that was very specific mm-hmm. that I could remember. Um, and so that, that was kind of all that I needed to, to really blast off into like 90 to 95% belief land. Um, there definitely were hiccups in the few months that followed where I would go and see, uh, you know, I'd be, I'd be like, well, it's been, because the thing that I sort of expected to happen is that I would, you know, because from then I bought like zero Pain now. And I bought some of these other things that had tools that were attached to them, mm-hmm. I Journal for, you know a couple days. And I would say there's, I don't see any massive change here in my symptoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I noticed like a, like an initial, I don't know, 50 or 60% drop in uh, just the amount of pain that my neck and back was in, but I still had a lot of physical tension, right. um, that was in my neck and my back. And so I had expected everything to just vanish.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, and
1: when it didn't, I'd be like, maybe I do, maybe it is this one little thing and I would go see another chiropractor. Cause yeah. that probably happened two or three times and kind of lingered for a few months. Um, but then I, I I just started, you know, engrossing myself in belief stuff. And one thing I didn't do that I do see a lot of people doing is, you know, posting in a social media group about uh, I have such and such symptom and I believe all of it, but, and that, because that but is really killer for a lot of mm-hmm. people. And uh, that's sort of where they just can't seem to get out of their own way. Yeah. Um, so I would say that, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's probably a good six to nine months before i was like okay we're we're at like 85 90 feeling mm-hmm. better you know that that kind of stuff and um to where i don't feel like i have to have a daily practice i felt like when i would try and do journaling for such and such straight days or i would try and be really anything that was a regimen mm-hmm. was would always kind of make me revert back to this thing working. Right. Um, but when i sort of just kind of more integrated a lot of the ideas that Dr. Hanscom and Dr. Schubiner and a lot of these guys would put out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's definitely more when I was like, okay, this, this is the thing. Mm-hmm. And it is a lifelong thing. Um, but instead of having acne or some of these other issues that other people have, mm-hmm. that is not necessarily pain, but it's an irritation. Right. Or, you know, an allergy or an asthma or something like mm-hmm. that, where you don't think, you know, you stand up and your back goes out, is completely different from waking up in the morning and you have, a, you know, a bunch of pimples across your face or something. Right. Uh, or you can't stop sneezing, or you get colds a lot, like, those are inconveniences, and they suck, but they're not, uh, you know, they're not the the back going out, so it's just different for, it's just different for certain people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I happen to have a lot of the pain, so uh, (laughs) that, so that was sort of why it's sitting there punching me in the face every single day, Um, but just knowing that it's just, it's just a daily thing that needs to be uh, managed and attuned to. I, at one point in time, I had had a full belief that it's possible to be 100% symptom-free for the rest of your life and that stuff will never pop up. Mm -hmm. But I just don't think that that's realistic anymore. Um, But with that being said, I'm never in pain. If I'm in pain, it's for 20 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever. And Mm -hmm. I kind of know the things that I need to do to to get rid of it or mitigate it, And that's that's it, that's where we are. And it's just, it's become more of an is what it is kind Mm -hmm. of thing, as opposed to this big, massive mountain that needs to be tackled.
0: Right, yeah. No, like, I I love how you explain it that way because... A lot of the times when we have that chronic pain, especially when we have flare ups after we've reached a pain free, you know, that point of you go from the 85% that lingers to 100% pain free. And then all of a sudden, three weeks later, there's a flare up. And it's so easy to go back into that mindset of making it into this whole big thing and thinking, okay, did I injure myself again or whatever? When, you know, you just realize like, actually, no, it is mind body connected. What's going on in my life. And, you know, you can actually work through it. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And so once you were out of pain, I guess that is what would have inspired you to start your podcast.
1: No, I actually started doing the podcast well before I was totally out. Oh, wow. Like I said, I had, I had a good chunk of uh, hey, this thing works, or hey, this thing is the,
2: mm-hmm.
1: the way, very early on, um, I mean, the night that I read Sarn's book, I knew that, in all, in all likelihood, this is probably the solution, yeah. um, and actually, I, uh, when I started to kind of take, like, an inventory of life, and realizing that there's just certain things in my life that I just need to change, or mm-hmm. address, mm-hmm. And like, my job was one of them that I just needed to address, so, like, I, on a, not, uh, pretty much, if you ask my wife, she would say, certainly on a way. So let's just say it was on a whim (laughs) uh, that I just sort of come to her one night and said, I need to quit my job. Uh, I need to quit it tomorrow. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, I was making really amazing money, like well into the six figures and Mm -hmm. left without another job. And um, the whole plan was that I've always been really into fitness. And the plan was that I was going to become like a, um, not a mobile fitness trainer, like a remote fitness trainer. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got some clients because I, I have a story of, losing a hundred pounds at one point in my life. And uh, so I, so I've got that. And so I, I attained some clients, but nowhere near what it would need to be to be a sustainable type of a thing. And um, I had spent a ton of money on marketing, uh, hiring a marketing consultant, which turned out to be be nothing provided Mm -hmm. nothing for me uh, other than just a big bill. And and that was kind of it. So I thought, what other way can I market? That's, you know, not cost free, but uh, very limited cost. Mm -hmm. And i got a background in broadcasting and radio. So I started doing, um, the pod, the original name of it was the Eddie knows fitness podcast. Awesome. And the first couple of guests, it was largely, you know, the CrossFit world and talking about fitness regimens and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I had a Marine on or an ex Marine that was on that I know. Um, and he, we were talking about, uh, him being in the middle East, middle East and him being in Iraq mm-hmm. in battle and him losing friends in battle. And, wow. uh, he started talking about waking up in the middle of the night a lot, uh, in his 20s and in his 30s, mm-hmm. having really intense migraines. And yeah. I had asked him, um, you know, where do you think that the, uh, like, what do you think is coming from? Like, where is that stemming from? And I sort of expected him to kind of give a, uh, you know, a, I don't know, I eat too much gluten, or I eat too much dairy, or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever those things that people say mm-hmm. is. And he uh, started crying, like, really crying.
2: Wow.
1: Saying that he it seems to happen when he thinks about losing friends in battle. Wow. And I thought like, this is such an amazing moment in the podcast. It's sort of a relatively big shift. Yeah. Um, And then a week or so later, you know, a week or two weeks later, I had Nicole Sachs on and that did so well. Um, And I really learned a lot from her and really admire her a lot. And Mm -hmm. uh, as time went on and even though it was called Eddie knows Fitness, it now was (laughs) like (laughs) 1% fitness and like 99% mind stuff was what it became. (laughs) Uh, so I interviewed Steve Ozanich, um, in January of 2018, and then I needed to take a hiatus. My second daughter was on the way. Mm -hmm. She was born in January of 2018. Um, and I took a four month hiatus from the podcast. So I did 14 episodes and then essentially season one was over. Mm -hmm. Um, but in that time I, I rebranded it. I paid someone to make me a logo and I changed Mm -hmm. it to the mind and fitness podcast, which is what it's known as today. Um, so it's aired a new episode every Wednesday since uh, mid May of 2018. Which is a lot of so, so like I think it's at 100, and by the time people hear this, it'll probably be at 125 consecutive Wednesdays, which is wow. a That's feat, impressive. right? Yeah, it's a, especially, especially when it doesn't, especially when it doesn't pay the bills. Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, but it is a lot of fun, and it is a labor of love. And I have uh, interviewed, I mean, the the best in the field, the Howard Schubiners, the David Clarks, the Doctor Scheckters, the mm. um, you know, the Christie Weepies, and then just dozens and dozens and dozens of these amazing recovery stories from people in every corner of the world, mm-hmm. from Australia to New Zealand to uh, to all over Europe, to France, to, it's been amazing. Amazing. Um, and I, you know, I get these emails from people that tell me these really incredible stories uh, of these massive ailments, and some are ones that traditionally we may not uh, associate with TMF stories, mm-hmm. like cancer stories. And then- wow. And kind of the other typical back pain, neck pain, foot pain, whatever types of mm-hmm. issues. Um, so that's sort of where we're at now. When the podcast is humming along, and uh gets somewhat. It's it's tough to the the measuring stick that does uh, what whatever the name of the company or the discipline is that actually evaluates how many listeners are giving to podcasts. Mm-hmm. It the the it keeps changing. The most recent change was uh, they had, which is the right thing to do, by the way. Um, they had said that now they're only counting, when you open your podcast app and you hit play, mm-hmm. that counts as, as a listen or listener. Oh. It used to be that every time that you listen to a podcast from the same device, like if you went listen, if you say, if you're listening to this right now and you really love this interview we're doing and you listen to it twice, uh, you would have been counted as two listens or two right. listeners. But it's recently been changed to per device. It's one, uh, oh. one listen. So uh, it's tough to gauge how many people are listening to it, but I would mm-hmm. make a guess that four episodes air in a month and it's getting listened to somewhere around 13 or 14,000 times a month. Wow. So I'm, so I'm thinking that it's probably three or four, maybe 5,000 people that are listening to it on a regular basis with wow. 60% of that coming from the U S. Um, and then, you know, Canada's behind them and the UK's mm-hmm. behind them and Australia's behind them. Um, but there's a lot of times where I'll look at, a, I'll look at the report, the listening report, um, and it'll, have these places where I hadn't even heard of that before and I'll put it into Google mm-hmm. Maps and it's like you know the middle of some island somewhere that I've had no idea even existed so that's, that's one amazing. of the really cool parts about, about the podcast
0: that is so cool well congratulations on having yeah, like, that many listeners that is yeah. so impressive that's yeah, awesome you. yeah and like your message is being heard by the entire world pretty much which is amazing like yeah. the more people spreading this knowledge the better like that—that that is so awesome. What's been your favorite like recovery story that you've heard so far? I'm sure you've heard many, but yeah. uh, do any stand out to you?
1: Um, certain ones that stand out to me. You know, I—I I, I think that maybe, ironically, from Ontario as well, mm-hmm. uh, is Michelle Hinzberger's story. Um, I don't know if you talked to her. You no, know
0: I have not. Story.
1: No. Um, she's from Thunder Bay, and. Uh, it's actually still the most listened to um, episode ever in the podcast. I think it was listened to almost wow. two thousand times the day that it wow. launched, um, which proves Thunder Bay is a small community. And so, yeah. basically, I think everybody in the town had <laughs> yeah. listened to it. Uh, it sounds like she's pretty well pretty well known um, there. When I was looking at the stats, and I was seeing that you know seventy five percent of listens came from Ontario, Canada. And I was wow, like, oh, that's crazy. Uh, so she um, her. TMS issues go way back. And I would encourage anybody, if you want to hear more about this, we did an episode in January of 2019. And then we actually did a second one that's going to air in a few weeks. So you can find it. Uh, You can find it that way if you're interested in hearing more about it. But uh, I knew nothing about her going in. Um, Other than that, she owned a nail salon. Uh, Mm -hmm. That was pretty much all that I knew. And um, she started telling me stories about developing symptoms as a teenager and, you know, into her 20s and things like that. And that her brother had some mental health issues, he was schizophrenic and mm-hmm. her mother lost her hearing when she was a little girl. And so, you know, the instances of trying to talk to your mom and your mom doesn't hear, literally doesn't hear yeah. you. Uh, and kind of the lasting impression that makes, because um, the mm-hmm. thing is like, you can be the best parent in the world, but if your kid doesn't, can't, you know, they can't wrap their head around the fact that you can't hear them, there's only, right. there's not really a lot you could do as a parent. Right. I mean, like sometimes I, I don't do it a lot sometimes I'll purposely ignore my kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and it's very troublesome. Right. Um, yeah. and then eventually yes, Audrey, what, what, what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, but she, you know, she's telling the story and that she'd overcome her pain, but at this point, we're only, you know, we're 20 minutes into a 60 minute interview. Mm-hmm. And, um, then she had said, you know, that she had gotten married in August. Uh, they got married in August 25th or 28th or something like that. Um, And then as she's saying this, I'm literally scrolling Instagram and I see these pictures of him and then he's, there's no more pictures of him as you're continuing to go through it. Um, And she goes on to say that he died six days after their wedding. Are you kidding me? Unexpectedly. And it was in, it was, she had said an accident and I went to, I started looking in the Thunder Bay newspapers um, that he was, he was just out with his buddies. He was cliff jumping. And I think that he hit the bottom uh, and passed away. I mean, immediately. Oh my God. 30 years old or something like that that's
2: horrible um,
1: it really is and uh i if you do go back and ever listen to the uh, to the episode i had a real hard time pulling myself <laughs> together to continue doing the interview right. because it was not what i was expecting at all to hear
2: yeah.
1: um and so she's kind of talking about it and she had just said that you know she was in such like a dark spiral after like that, that happened with evan of course um, and that she had this flood of symptoms that started coming back. Oh and God. if she never would have had the experience of going through the symptoms before and knowing what to do with them, that there's no way that she would have been able to handle the sudden death of her
0: wow. soulmate.
1: Um, so it's a lot of that kind of story. And, and one of the things wow. also that really opened my eyes that she talked about is that even after she found the Sarno stuff, she kind of like treated the, the, the ways to which he would teach or other people in the space would teach uh, and you know she would like try to journal for back pain, but then mm-hmm. she would get another symptom, and then it's like, what do I do for the for my elbow, or for my mm-hmm. wrist, or whatever? Um, and so she co- eventually got to a point where she stopped doing all of that and had said, I'm just going to treat it as anxiety. This is a global, systemic issue mm-hmm. that is anxiety. So if my neck hurts, it's anxiety. If mm-hmm. my foot hurts, it's anxiety. If my back hurts, it's anxiety. And that's how she treated it. That's really where she started to see success. Wow. Um, so now she's doing you know, coaching and consulting and um, still doing the nails and they're still as beautiful as ever. And I don't, I, mean, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't, which by the way, people can't see this on video, but I'm holding up my nails. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's, I mean, probably my favorite, I, I mean, surely my favorite story yeah. overall, uh, because it has, there's such an art to it. And there's so, For sure. um, I just really admire her a lot. And uh, I would say of like the practitioners, probably Shubiner probably was my favorite to interview. <laughs> Um, but also, uh, Jim Prusak, who's a, he's a PT, um, that's in the space and to be a PT or like a physical manual therapist Mm -hmm. and to be working with mind body and teaching that. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's, it's, to study something for so long. I talked to Caitlin Michaels about this, to, to spend Mm -hmm. all this money and spend all this time getting educated in something and then sort of getting to the end of that and then realizing that "Ah, that was, that could have been a really big waste (laughs) because uh, because you know, I'm now $80,000 in debt. And the thing that I learned, I don't think it actually works. So, you know, kudos to him. Uh, wow. there's a ton of them. I mean, as I'm saying this, there's different ones that are coming out. Uh, but it's, it's cool. I, I try and, I try and record like three to six episodes out from airing. So like mm-hmm. sometimes I'll, I'll, you know, I'll do the interview in May and it doesn't air until July or August. And i like the one that aired um, last week with Charlie Beryl. I sort of left when we had the interview. I kind of left it. Usually I'm like in a hurry. We end an interview and I'm jumping back to work and I'm working on my work stuff and Mm -hmm. I don't listen to it until it airs. Uh, And that might be two months later. So I I went back and I listened to that one that aired last week. I was like, damn, that was a lot better than I remember it being. Um, Not to toot my own horn, but when you do this 140 times, uh, you just, you know, you get a cadence to it and you almost forget that uh, these stories are so crazy.
0: Right. Yeah, that's so true. Well, that's so awesome that you had so many amazing people on your podcast and continue to like, that is so amazing. And these are people like with big names in the TMS community. So it's like when you have actual doctors talking about it, you know, it just, it proves that point even more that the mind body connection is a real thing.
1: Yes, definitely for sure.
0: Uh-huh. So, what um, you know, like when you're dealing with flare-ups and stuff now, like what is your number one go-to to like try and deal with that pain when it comes?
1: So, um, like I said earlier, that when I would have a uh, pain issue or something that was coming up, I uh, in the beginning I had felt like, gosh, if I just go journal, um, then I'll feel. Feel better right when it's done, and then it wouldn't happen. And I would be like, Fuck, mm-hmm. "Like, why doesn't this work?" Um, I don't know if we can sex this. I was just thinking about that. And funny because I just got a text from our uh, babysitter who just said f u c k Well Oh,
0: you can swear as much as you want here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I swear on my solo podcast yeah, yeah. episodes all the time. So, <laughs>
1: um, so, uh, but the the thing that has evolved, and probably the thing that uh, I think most people need to remember, uh, so they don't, so that they don't fall into the trap of like, "Oh, this thing doesn't." Uh, doesn't you know? Doesn't work, and so I need to go see a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. Or whatever is that? A, I believe that it's cumulative. B, I believe that it needs to be a. It's a calming down of the nervous system. So there's a lot of tool, when you expand it to that. There's a lot of tools that you can use mm-hmm. um, at your disposal. But the number one that I always will come to if I wake up or throughout the day I start to have um, you know, an ache of some kind, mm-hmm. I always ask myself how uh, how much sleep have I gotten in the last couple. Of Mm-hmm. And just knowing that Dr. Hanscom, there's so much in his books about uh, the pivotal role of sleep in this stuff mm-hmm. um, that, I mean, he's had hundreds of patients that have come to him for back surgery and he puts them on his plan. And there's a variety of things in his plan, one of which is that you can't talk about your pain at all for six weeks. Mm-hmm. He requires that you bring your family or people who live with you in because they also cannot talk about your pain wow. for six weeks. Not even a, hey, how's your back feeling today? Wow. Um, it's literally, it is a cold turkey and he won't work with you unless you agree with, wow. agree to that. Um, you need to do expressive writing once a day, which Mm -hmm. is, it's journaling. It's a fancy word for journaling. Um, and then, uh, you need to be getting seven or more hours of sleep per night, which doesn't sound hard, but how many people do you think, you know, out of, if you pick 10 random people, how many are sleeping seven hours a night? So nobody, um, yeah. So, uh, at this point in time, (laughs) right. Exactly. So people can
0: sleep that long.
1: Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I, uh, granted, I don't get to binge watch any TV anymore. I hardly get to watch any TV uh but i i make sure that i am at least brushing my teeth and walking towards the bed nine hours before the alarm will go off okay i'm accounting for an hour of probably awake time throughout the night you know i wake up go pee lay down in bed think about the next day whatever mm-hmm. and that usually takes about an hour um, <laughs> but for the most part i'm getting seven and a half of like actual restful sleep oh, that's good. every night um but the last couple of days, as an example, so two days ago, weekends, I just sleep like total shit. And I think it's because I try and stay up a little bit later and then the kids are up at the same damn time anyway. <laughs> uh, so a couple of days ago, you know, it was six hours and 20 minutes. And then two nights mm-hmm. ago, it was five hours and 25 minutes. And so yesterday afternoon, I'm just like, oh, God, I just feel miserable. But once mm-hmm. I start taking an inventory, I'm like, you got this new puppy. You wanted to go on a date night. The Date night was great, but it was, uh, you know, you're, you're very limited on time. You've got your boss requiring all these extra things you need to do. You didn't get any freaking sleep. You're you're feeling like you're not doing as well in the weight room as you should be doing right now. All that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, it's like the exhale when you do all that. Mm -hmm. And so now you can chill out. Um, And I went to bed extra early last night. Woke up today. I felt totally refreshed. I feel great again, Um, which is good. So for me, the number one is probably sleep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two is, I mean, really, it's just kind of like a personal life inventory Um, Mm -hmm. and those are kind of the things that I do if I feel like like I like there's a difference sometimes I'll have I could have a pain issue that'll amp up but I could also have a pain issue that'll amp up with headache is not the right word but when I start getting obsessive about something Mm -hmm. can be obsessive about being angry with somebody it could be obsessive about uh, a a cell phone that I want to go buy it could be obsessive about anything Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what it is Uh, if I notice myself looking at or thinking about things I have to go buy or different, mm-hmm. I mean, it could be. Anything. Um, that's when I know that I probably should just journal, throw up on a piece of paper for 15 mm-hmm. or 20 minutes. And then, you know, there, Hanscom has talked to me and we've we'll done podcast together about separation of brain to paper. Mm-hmm. And that literally you are clear, you're defragmenting this yes. stuff that is in your um, head. And when I do that, I notice that I don't have those obsessive thoughts anymore and it just mm-hmm. goes away. Um, and I wish that I had a better explanation than that, uh, <laughs> oh, that's, but that's
0: that, a great yeah, explanation,
1: <laughs> but, but that's just sort of how it works. That's kind of the maintenance plan for me. Uh, yeah. and also, you know, just being able to kind of feel liberty about, uh, telling the truth, not just to other people, but telling the truth to myself. Mm-hmm. I think certain things are bullshit or being able to call people out on their bullshit or, right. uh, whatever those kind of things are, uh, which you don't need to do. It's not a prerequisite, but to me, it is awfully helpful if you can be Radically candid in your thoughts
2: yeah totally. so much
1: of this is not being not having the ability to be randomly candid you know, kids will be kids or mm-hmm. you know whatever be whatever it's like no like it's always being an asshole mm-hmm. if I could just say that uh, mm-hmm. it makes a world of difference
0: exactly and it's not like you're saying something horrible you're just being honest about the present situation and kids can be assholes sometimes and, and it's, it's okay it's, to say that <laughs>
1: One thing that's funny is my six-year-old has picked up. I mean, I don't have to yell or scream. I can just be short uh, right. in how I talk to her. And we'll be sitting <laughs> We'll be sitting in the car and she'll go, Dad. I'll go, yes. She'll go, are you mad? You know, she, she knows, right? She can pick up uh, on it. Yeah, she can pick up on it. Uh, but that's one thing that her and I have worked on is having the ability to ask those questions and to right. say those things. Because the alternative is that she knows or maybe th- just thinks that I'm, mad about something and it's thinking about it, thinking right. about the fact that I'm mad, but not asking me, mm-hmm. which is repression, um, right. which is what we don't want. So right. just feeling at liberty to be able to say and ask the, the perceived tough questions is really important.
2: Yeah.
0: And that's so amazing. Like you're setting your kids up to not have chronic pain, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. allowing them to express their emotions at such a young age.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, hopefully, but I, I can, uh, the, in, in all the rage, um, Michael Glinski had said, I don't, I don't know if we can prevent it in our kids, but we yeah. can give them the keys to the gym. Exactly. Um, which is really what a lot of, you know, a lot of that thought is.
0: Exactly. Yeah, totally. It's, you know, as long as they know from a young age that emotions are okay, you know, if, if they end up at a point in their lives where they end up with some kind of chronic pain from some sort of repression that they didn't know was happening, at least they yep. have that awareness that, yep you know, this is an emotional thing and it's okay to express those emotions and that will make the pain go away rather than, you know, spending twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 on comfort aids, chiropractors, all that kind of fun stuff that, you yeah. know, we, we've both done and so many other people in the TMS yeah. community. Yeah. For yeah. Sure.
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. And it's, uh, like I said, I talk to people all the time. Um, around the world about this kind of stuff. And it's mm-hmm. it's crazy, I'll get, uh, just out of the woodwork, I'll get people that I haven't talked to for years that mm-hmm. will send me, like I actually got one. It's so funny that we have this interview now, because I think it was, it was either Friday or Saturday. Mm-hmm. I got a DM from um, someone who my wife used to work with.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we're friends on social media, but you know I, I saw her at a couple of my yeah. wife's parties or something. But very, very nice, she's had uh, a kid, and I think, I think another kid on the way, I might have even mm-hmm. had it. Um, but she'd messaged me be saying, hey, I have seen you talk about some of this kind of stuff. Uh, I'm having terrible and then goes into all this jaw pain. And I was thinking oh, wow. about you.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Uh, so you're like the queen of jaw pain. Yeah, <laughs> <And, laughs> uh, <laughs> um, It's a
0: great title, the queen of jaw pain. <laughs> yeah.
1: so, uh, so I sent her the interview that you and I did on, mm-hmm. on my podcast. And a lot of times, like, people that come out of the woodwork like that, that I haven't talked to in a long time, they'll ask me for advice or help point them in the right direction mm-hmm. but that's all that I'll ever hear again and then they're still complaining about the same thing they didn't mm-hmm. you know, nothing was resolved because they don't want to go forth and actually do anything with it right um, but I got a message from her two hours later that said okay I just finished that interview uh, which is awesome <laughs> that she that quick?" Um, and asked me where to go and I had just said uh, the mind body prescription because he the difference in that book versus healing back pain is that he has sectioned off yes. parts of the things he's talking about and yes. I just went to because uh, on Kindle, it's really because you can search. And so I had to mm-hmm. search TMJ. How many times does he say it in the book? I think it was six or seven times. I was yeah. like, this is because their doctor's recommending a $13,000 procedure to oh Um And I had just said, like, this stuff is all, it's, it's really solvable, like, if you'll allow it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's a couple of places to start. I used to get really, uh, I don't know what the pronunciation is, evangelical, being an evangelist yeah. or whatever, yeah. getting really just so deep into it. What yeah. I started to notice is that when I would share these things on social media and I would get really passionate about it, spend all this time articulating this really nice, mm-hmm. uh, you know, well-worded, articulate, fact-based piece. Yep. And I get three likes and it's people that listen to the podcast. Yep. And, and like,
2: fuck,
1: like the, the, like nobody believes it. So then I just kind of stopped so and I'm true. like, ah, oh, it's really helping with my, like, you know, with, with, because sometimes when that would happen, I would just sort of get creatively stifled for the podcast itself. I'm like, mm-hmm. do people even care? Like, like yeah. is it is it a uh, is it a thing? But I know that a lot of people care, and so uh, it is kind of cool when I get those yeah you know, those kinds of messages.
0: Yeah. It's, that's amazing that she actually listened to the episode yeah, and, you yeah. know, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's funny. What a coincidence that I'm literally interviewing <laughs> you two days after that. <laughs> that's so cool. And yeah, it's, uh, I definitely liked, uh, the mind body prescription a lot better than healing back pain. Um, out of sarno's books because he actually does mention tmj in there and that was the first time i saw something that's like not about back pain because you don't really see people talking about jaw pain tmj stuff like that in the tms community and then that that messed me up a little bit at first when i first stumbled upon all of this because it's like okay so it's for lower back pain i don't have that so jaw pain is special jaw pain is different but it's actually not at all and i'm absolute proof of that (laughs)
1: Something, something I think about too is that uh, the, like, the nature of, you know, if you were to tell somebody that had job painter or TMJ, and mm-hmm. I mean, most likely if this was the first time they were hearing about it, yeah. they would say, that's bullshit. There's yeah. no way that that um, works. And maybe you were guilty of that. Maybe you
0: weren't. Oh, 100%. Uh, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> uh,
1: but if you were to go to a yoga class or anything like that, and the instructor were, yeah. you know, they were trying to get you into like a rebound mode or a, um, you know, basically a chill out mode. It could be the very end, you know, Sometimes in, in a yoga class, like a kundalini class, they'll have mm-hmm. you essentially do like a meditation at the end. One of the first things they will say is, unclench your jaw. Yes. And like, it's right there, like unclench yep. your jaw. Uh, but it but it would become so impossible to believe um, yeah. in the type of context that it could stick there. I think the stickiness yes. is one of the things that causes people to not really buy you.
0: Yes. Totally, totally. Yeah, and like 1,000% when I first heard about the mind-body connection, I was like, this is absolute fucking bullshit. <laughs> like, hell no. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: so I was just like, because I came across the Curable app, so, you know, I just kind of bought the subscription without even, without even, like, looking into it, without knowing about Sarno, any of that. I was just sheer desperation and, yeah. you know, sitting there dying in pain. Yeah.
1: And as soon yeah. as
0: it's, like, there's an emotional component, component, I'm like, fuck this. Like, no way. <laughs> so but you know the the desperation and the pain obviously persisted so I was like "Okay, whatever let's see what happens and it obviously worked totally yeah despite the x-ray showing that my jaw is in my ear right so it's like the structure really really doesn't matter and it's funny like I too was evangelical about it when I first you know started getting out of pain and I would post on my personal Facebook and my personal Instagram and like no one gave a fuck (laughs) yeah. <laughs> not one person in my circle gave two shits about yeah. the fact that I was out of pain. And like, they remembered my, like, I would post all the time about like, oh, here I am at fucking physio spending my summer here. And like, yep. just all this kind of stuff. And it's like, does no one, does it not register with anyone that like, this is a fricking miracle? Like, holy shit. <laughs> and, and
1: what's interesting about that is uh, when I've gone back and looked at the posts that I had made, like, when I was going to rehab mm-hmm. and I would, you know, I'd like check in at the rehab place and I would say uh, it's been so much pain and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. going on forever. Like, you know, there's 75 likes yep. and 25 comments and stuff of, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, you know, that's a, that's a misery loves company kind of thing that yes. people, people gravitate to wow. negative stuff. That's a, you know, they're it's not really looking for a solution. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I, it's frustrating because on my, on my uh, inner circle, like in my family, that's a lot of how they see it as well. You know, right. That's, that's not a real thing. Um, and I used to think my wife really hated me talking about it, but it's funny because she comes to me with, you know, her, her, and I'm just speaking hypothetically, but mm-hmm. say her best friend has this issue, or you know, right. a colleague of hers has this issue. Um, and I, like, all I really need are a couple pieces of their personality. I can pretty well feel like I can make a diet, you know yeah. not a doctor and stuff but yeah um, but it's
0: diagnosis. Yeah. yeah
1: like if I think about the amount of hours that's not just the podcast, I mean surely yeah. I would have at least like a master's or something of course. I feel like I don't
0: know <laughs> <laughs> no it's so true. And it's yeah. like, you know that's the other thing about this too. It's like people want a doctor to tell them about this. And it's like they're not trained to even know about it. and if it's something that worked for somebody else it's not like you're physically harming yourself it's you know you're just you're doing you're looking at emotional stuff and it's like if you've tried everything else and you're seeing people you know posting online about it but you don't care to like it or whatever
1: and it's the, like, the, the worst thing that happens is it doesn't work exactly
0: right? exactly <laughs> exactly and maybe yeah. you bring up a few memories that you didn't want to bring up which you know that's always a fear but at the end of the day those memories were already there and at some point or other they're going to come out so you might as well incorporate that with curing your pain essentially (laughs) and like not suffering anymore and it's it's so frustrating when I see people posting about their pain and stuff like that I just I I used to actually comment and say check out curable check out tmswiki.org check out Eddie's podcast Caitlin Nicole's podcast whatever and like nothing it's like crickets so it's just like okay okay whatever like people are just gonna have to figure it out on their own and you know when when they're done suffering and they remember that I've talked about this kind of stuff then they can contact me.
1: Yep. Yep. Come on back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, being on my podcast. Um yeah. any I'm going to put like all the links to your podcast, your resources and all that cool. kind of stuff in the description of this. But before we go, do you have any final words of wisdom to share with anybody who, you know, is in pain right now?
1: Um Honestly, it's probably just uh, get yourself to a point of questioning everything that you thought you knew. And if you can get to a point of saying, I might've been wrong about that. Um, like that's, to me, like that needs to be the start of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Because otherwise you can see my my little one so sneaking cute. through, tiptoeing <laughs> yeah. through. Uh, anyway, um, she's very sweet. Uh, but if you can get to a point of just saying like, hey, I'm willing to question everything that I thought that I knew, like, mm-hmm. That's where you need to be able to get. Like that's the that's the art of the vulnerability that people really need to have with themselves. Ultimately, being able to. So I'm holding a princess oh, um, uh, But being able to get there is is so pivotal on it. Um, and it seems like there's a small thing, but mm-hmm. like that's the not being able to get vulnerable enough to say I probably was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big thing that's preventing you from getting. Yes. better.
0: Yes. 1000%. I could not agree more. Like yeah. just acknowledging that like, oh, what I thought I knew about pain is wrong and that's okay. And yep. here's a new perspective. And, you know, sometimes it's just a leap of faith that you have to take, but it's so worth it because why keep suffering?
1: That's another thing. Uh, I guess maybe a, a second one, like mm-hmm. a, a 1A that I would give um, is what you would just said is if you can, after everything that's that's happened or you know, things that happen in your life or situations that are going on right now or whatever it is if you can add a comma and that's okay Mm -hmm. to everything that's Mm -hmm. another piece too. Um, uh, There was a story that Dr. Hanscom told me about this woman who has been wheelchair bound for like 37 years or something uh, and came into an appointment she had with him after she had had several and being in a wheelchair and not being able to walk all this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff and walks right into the appointment as if nothing happened and he was like you know hell happened to you, basically. Amazing. She said, she said, I forgave everyone. He's like, would you forgive me? She's like, everyone. I'm like, that <laughs> was just kind of it. Just very matter of fact. Amazing. Uh, which is really amazing. Um, so, and again, forgiveness is about you. It's not about exactly. the other. It's not about the other person. So exactly. That's like reconciliation.
0: Exactly. A thousand percent. Could not agree yeah. more. And yeah, when you say that forgiveness is not about them, it is about you. And it doesn't mean that whatever they did is okay. It just means you're letting go of that emotion towards that person so you can actually move on with your life. Yep. Yeah, totally.
1: That's what I got.
0: Awesome. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we will probably air this very soon and uh, we will, we'll talk, we'll talk soon. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Thank you. Bye.